0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am here again with Matteo Rinaldo, who's talked about cloud formation and resources and cloud formation hooks and everything that the team is building. Uh, If you haven't listened to the first part of the episode, it's episode 40, please do. In this second part, we're actually going to dive through some real world examples and how as as a developer, you can go ahead and unpack some of that. So, Mateo, thank you so much for coming back.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me here one more time. <laughs> That's great.
0: <laughs> you talked a little bit about, you know, uh, I, I think some overall advice on building cloud formation, kind of your three tips. Let's talk about the GitHub example and and really making this stuff real for developers.
1: Sure, definitely. So uh, a little bit of context as well, just. Uh, Uh, maybe a couple of minutes on what we discussed in previous installments. So we focused our attention on AWS CloudFormation Hooks, which is a feature that we launched on February, 2022. It gives you the ability to publish your own custom resource configuration validation logic into the CloudFormation registry. So you can use this logic to automatically inspect the uh, the configuration of resources that you describe in your templates before they are provisioned. And in this second installment that we're doing, like a segue to the previous episode, we're looking into some examples, right? So one of the things that got me excited uh, about hooks uh, in particular is, so there are a number of uh, uh, business use cases um, and uh, problems to solve and, once uh hooks uh the, the hooks feature came out i said you know i want i want to really you know close my eyes think a little bit more and see where the typical where some of the typical business use cases that could be translated into a technical requirement and or you know into uh into a way that i can build something that satisfies the business requirement itself and one of them that caught my um, caught my, my my attention also because I, I, I you know uh, this is something that customers have been talking to us about uh, quite a bit and is validation of tags <laughs> validation yeah. of uh, of key values in in the resources that uh, AWS resources for example uh, that support uh, tags today and I said well. Why is this important to customers? Well, this is important to customers because customers use tags for a number of different things. For example, and mostly, uh, I'm sure we all agree, is to track governance aspects. I'll give you some example. For example, access control. Uh, customers may want to, uh, to use tags because they, they tie uh, tag values, for example, into the way they constrain permissions by IAM. And say for example i have a user uh and i want to make sure that that specific user is is going to be able to for example create excuse me to to start and stop an amazon elastic compute cloud or amazon institute instance based on on tax or for cost allocation as well right so yeah. um uh, customers um, may want to um, explore. Uh, sorry for the pun. AWS Cost Explorer <laughs> for <laughs> building reports, right? Where they, 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 for example, they organize their their resources um, uh, by by tags for business unit, the project, etc. Or from an automation perspective, uh, you may have uh, use cases where, for example, you tag your Amazon EC2 instances, right? With uh, you have a tag called environment, and you put a value called dev. And then you can you can write. You may want to choose to write your own business logic to say I want to expect my EC2 instances. If the value of my tag is dev, then I want to shut down those instances during the weekend to to reduce costs to save money, right? Nice. And another thing, right? Customers use tags also to to group resources based on tags. For example, uh, by leveraging the AWS resource group service. So we all know that tags are important to customers. And I said, how can I? you know, demonstrate with an example on how AWS CloudFormation hooks may solve this problem. So that's where I said, I want want to challenge myself and I want to write a a hook that validates for resource types that um, support tags today. Uh, some validation logic. Initially, I thought, well, it's going to be easy, right? Um, I'm just going to look through uh, some uh, AWS resource types, and I'm going to look for uh, a property that is called tags, and and that's it. But I was uh, not uh, very very right, <laughs> because as I as I was uh, um, exploring uh, this realm, uh, I was able to understand there are a lot of permutations because there are many ways of doing things and uh, um, AWS service teams that own the resource types or resource providers use different logic, they have different requirements. And so I, I, I realized very quickly that you know, there, there are resources, for example, that store tags in uh, different data types. For example, some AWS yeah. resource types uh, store tags as an array, some others as uh, object data types, some other resource types have different names for the tag property. Uh, for example, tags, bot alias tags, and so forth. Some other resources have nested structures. For example, for a number of Amazon EC2 resources, there is a tag specifications uh, property uh, that has a nested structure. Then some other resources have more than one tag related um, property per resource. For example, a WS colon colon lex colon colon bot uses bot tags and test bot alias tags. So as I was designing this, I said, how do I solve for this uh, there are a lot of moving parts then the other thing that I was asking myself I don't I'm not jumping directly into uh, some implementation details but I want to give you like you know what was the um, the thought process around designing this this example. yeah and it's a
0: big it's a big customer pain point too I know the cloud API team has been talking a lot about this of how to kind of
1: mm-hmm. create
0: a more uniform way of accessing resources uh, programmatically so yeah I mean it's a perfect thought
1: and the other thing, and I, I will need to do some uh, um, um, uh, some recollection to what we discussed in previous in the previous episode. So, um, if you recall, or if you if you don't, if you don't recall, you can also looking into uh, the the AWS documentation, listen to the previous episode. When you model a hook, you say which resource type um, will trigger the hook and at which stage, right? Uh, so. We're talking about a, a large number of resource types, and not all resource types that we have today uh, in in CloudFormation should be over over seven hundred um, uh, resource types. Not all of them support tags. So what I wanted to do is I don't I didn't want to I didn't want to trigger the hook um, invocation for resource ta- for resource types that don't support tags in the first place. So I was. You know, putting together all the consideration that I, uh, all the all the findings and learning that I that I mentioned earlier, together with this consideration, and then I said, I want to divide up the implementation of this uh, example uh, hook into two parts. And the first part, what I do is I discover all the resource types that support tags today, and I discover how they are storing uh, tags. Not only tags, also tag propagation, which is something that I didn't mention. There are some resources that um, that support also uh, properties related to the behavior or tag propagation, for example, uh, propagate tags at boot and so forth. And in, in that case, you may also have Boolean and, and string values. So there are a lot of, co- a lot of co- permutation combinations. So I said, I want to discover all of this information earlier. And there are some pros and cons here. So the pros are that once I discover all of this information earlier, I can store my findings into a data file that the hook can consume a runtime. So the, ru- the runtime execution is going to be faster, right? So when, when, when you run the hook, the hook already knows what to look for, right? Based on, on this best effort um, uh, heuristics that, that I put together into the, into the hook itself. Then the other thing is, um, once you discover uh, a priori beforehand, which resource types support tags, you can, you can put all of this information into the schema so that the hook is going to be invoked only when a supported resource type is going to be in your template at the runtime. So you're not going to be triggering the invocation of the hook for all the resource types. So um, if you look into the code, probably not the, the best time in this installment uh, to, to dive deeper into the code, but just wanted to to clarify something for our uh, fellow developers out there. So in CloudFormation, we have uh, two APIs. Uh, so we have a number of APIs. Two in particular that I used one is called list types that uh, you can use to, to get, for example, uh, and you can pass some parameters, right? And you can say, give me all the resources that are supported in CloudFormation today. In, in this example hook, by default, I'm discovering AWS resource types but you can also customize it to, uh, to discover you know, third-party resources and so forth. But by default, uh, I'm discovering all the resource types, and for each one of these resource types, I'm using another, another API that is called Describe Type. I'm looking into the schema where I'm discovering, you know, uh, is there a property at the root level of the, uh, of, uh, of the properties for a given resource type that is related to tags or to tag propagation? So I'm putting all of this information into a file, with the, uh, um, and, um, and, and basically packaging up the hook. When the hook runs, around runtime already has all of this information and uh, is going to be able to, to validate um, the, the, the tags for you. So, what are the uh, few features that, I, that you can find in this example hook today? So, what this hook does is first off, it validates the tag keys that you specify in the hook configuration. Are the ones that you require. For example, when you uh, activate this um, this example hook in, the, in in the registry, and uh, you pass the configuration, you may want to say, I want to make sure that my resources have the name tag, uh, that my resources have the environment name tag, and so forth. So you can specify tag keys, and optionally, you can also specify where the possible tag values. And uh, the way I did it. You basically uh, can do that by having, for example, uh, possible values uh, delimited by a vertical bar. And I also added the ability to support um, regular expressions. So for each tag value, you can specify values, for example, dev, uh, and then the vertical bar QA, then uh, the vertical bar prod, and then the vertical bar, and then one or more regular expressions, right? Uh, Other things that um, that the uh, the hook supports today. This example hook supports today. As I mentioned earlier, there is um, a best effort mechanism to describe to actually discover which resource types can potentially have tag and tag propagation related properties. So in this case, I will uh, in, in my in my um, uh, the development cycles uh, for this hook, I was able to, uh, to find out that there might be some false positives, right? Um, and you want to uh, ignore those. So the hook also gives you the ability to, to ignore some properties for tag and tag propagation that are not the ones that, that you are expecting. Uh, and then there are also, in, in closing, you know, two other um, two other things that I want to mention. So there is a, a tag validation strategy by default. Uh, what the uh, this hook does is it looks into resource level tags that you specify in your template. So as part of the hook input, I'm reading what you are, what, what the well, the, the hook is reading what the uh, the user is specifying in the template, but there is also another uh, strategy that is not the default in the hook. It's called the stack level tags. So when you create a cloud formation stack, it can also pass tags at the stack level. So if you choose to adopt the stack level validation for this example hook, what I'm doing is from the hook input, I'm reading stack information and then I'm using the describe stacks API. Uh, and in the response, I'm getting where are the tags that the user uh, is, um, uh, is is specifying at the Slack level. Uh, so something to uh, to mention to, to remember, you know, this is not related to the hook itself. Uh, the um, the Slack level propagation, Slack level tags propagation, uh, today may vary by resources. So something that you can find more information about it in the documentation. And then uh, I wanted to mention another thing that. There is an update script that you can find at the
0: next, uh, because I love what you're doing here. If developers have, you know, when you're in and you're trying to use CloudFormation and you do see all these services that uh, you access differently, you're abstracting all of that and trying to alleviate a lot of the potential problems, Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff with hooks. And it seems like the the thing I would then need to do as a developer is to make sure I have some type of update mechanism in case anything changed because you're generating these files ahead of runtime to make sure everything's and you mm-hmm. it looks like you've already done that so you're you're saying that there is an update process now that I can go ahead as a developer and make sure that I'm pulling uh, the correct resources when I'm ready to use.
1: Yeah, As a matter of fact, it was uh, yesterday that I, uh, I think it was yesterday that I cut a new pull request in GitHub and was approved and then we, I, I merged it. Uh, because uh, um, uh, since when I uh, submitted the hook into the repository the first time, um, yesterday I said, I want to run the update script again and see if there are new resources. And actually, the, the, yeah. uh, the this example um, um, heuristics uh, that I put together found eight new resource types with, uh, with, uh um uh, there you go. and then what I did I just uh, um I, I ran the update script and automatically patched the schema file and uh, if you look into the code um it's a uh, it's very simple I'm basically marshaling you know the the Json data into a python object and basically adding the new uh resource type that had been uh, uh discovered as part of these heuristics and also the update script what it does is it d- does two other two things so it, it updates uh, uh, a um a uh, a data file that the hook runs at runtime. Remember, uh, um, I'm discovering initially all of this information and I'm packaging those up into a data file so that the hook can, can consume it at runtime. And what also the update script does is it generates contract test inputs. So today, this hook um, uh, supports 500 resource types. Uh, and uh, if you look into the inputs uh, folder that is in, um, in, in, the, in, the, in, in the repo for this uh, example hook, you'll find there are three files, some inputs for create, update, and invalid use cases. So uh, this means that uh, you need to specify uh, for a given resource of three different cases. So you have like 1,500 um, uh, inputs to, to write manually. It's a lot of stuff to, to write manually. That's why I automated it. So um, and uh, yeah, so that that's uh pretty much it. One thing that I wanted to mention is I, I mentioned that earlier, so there are pros and cons to the approach that I took. So the process you know, it's uh, relatively easy to to maintain uh, the the hook by running this update script and you know when it, when you run it, you may want to rerun it again because you may want to ignore some properties that are there. or for example, for some use case, if some uh, specific use cases, you may want to actually add the new code. Into into the hook code itself, um, the the downside is that uh, well it's not much of a downside is that um, every time you need to maintain this hook uh, on a regular basis if you want to catch up with uh, uh, the the latest uh, resources. But it's I thought it was a reasonable uh, trade-off uh, because I really wanted to have a hook that was uh, fast just making. The the right amount of uh, API calls. In this case, today it only makes one API call to the um, uh, when when we run the hook to, uh, for to describe the stack. But everything else should already already be packaged with the hook itself. So I thought it was a reasonable trade off.
0: I I love it, and I think uh, I think developers will appreciate it and be able to check out uh, mm-hmm. the, everything that you're doing. What what's next? Like, uh, were were you thinking about? Uh, adding anything onto this or even in a general cloud formation space where where's your head at what's got you excited and what would you like to see
1: so what i like to what I like to do is I like to positively challenge myself in understanding what are the typical business use cases and how to translate them into technical requirements, not only because this gives me an opportunity to uh, innovate or even better invent and simplify on behalf of my customers. But also because it gives me the opportunity to do something that I really love and I'm very passionate about, which is building things. So... um, Looking, I'm always on the lookout for the next business problem that I'd like to uh, solve and demonstrate with uh, with some examples and uh, and demonstrate and and share with my customers what I learned out of my numerous mistakes and uh, and uh, and learning. <laughs>
0: oh, I I I certainly appreciate it, and I'll I'll put all the links. I'll put uh, AWS CloudFormation links. I've got hooks. I've got your GitHub. Where mm-hmm. can folks find you online?
1: Sure. I have a a Twitter handle. It's uh, m M Rinaldo, M-R-I-N-A-U-D-O, Rinaldo. That's what I am. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show today
1: and, and sharing all this. Thank you so much and take care, everybody.